What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the JM Special, where I love to talk about Magic the Gathering, Warhammer 40k, Dungeons & Dragons, and other aspects of my nerdy life. My name is John. I'll be your host for this episode of Guard Drill Thursday, where I take a look at the Astro Militarum or Imperial Guard for Warhammer 40k and Warhammer Kill Team. We're going to focus specifically on Kill Team, and we're going to take a look at how there is strength in numbers for the Astro Militarum compared to some of the other factions, and how you can make the most out of your small five-point models. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. So, this episode might be a little bit more advanced compared to some of my other guard episodes, but I think it's great for those of you that are a casual player, trying to understand how the Imperial Guard can actually work and possibly win games, but it's also great for maybe even seasoned or intermediate players that are looking to try and just eke out a little bit more of their tactics for the Imperial Guard. For those of you that do not know, the Imperial Guard, or Ash Militarum, are essentially the everyday human Joes that you can find. They're not super augmented like the Adeptus Mechanicus. They are not augmented like the Space Marines, or the Sisters of Battle, or really um, Grey Knights, or Custodes, or any of the rest of them. These are the closest thing that you can get to a 21st century human military force. And some people, they like to say that this is probably one of the weaker armies that you can play. Other people like to argue this is one of the strongest armies you can play. And ultimately, I think it's down to the finesse that you can bring to the table. They're not necessarily considered to be the best beginner faction for the simple fact that guardsmen alone are not very durable. You have to learn how to play with guards specifically, and it's not like you can just drop them on the board like Heretic Astartes or Death Guard or even Adeptus Astartes, where you know your model can stick around if they take a couple shots. And they're kind of playing around with this idea since I've been doing a lot more study into like game design and uh, looking across all the different hobbies that I currently play, there's this thing called action economy in Dungeons and Dragons. Action economy is simply the fact of when you're trying to balance a game as a dungeon master, you come to find out that if you bring more models, or not models, but uh, more enemies to the table to face off against your party of heroes, they have all different challenge ratings. The more creatures or monsters that you bring for your party to face, um, the more the challenge rating really kind of suffers and actually goes a bit more in your favor. So in other words, if you have a party of, let's just say, three adventurers that are all, let's just give them a point value worth for their power of 300 apiece. So that's 900 XP gained across the party and you decided, hey, I'm gonna bring some monsters. I'm gonna create an encounter to go up against 900 experience points. You cannot just simply say, hey, I'm gonna throw something down on the board. I'm gonna make one monster that's 900 because now the players have an unfair advantage against that one monster in most cases. Where it gets a bit trickier is once you start throwing more and more monsters or creatures or NPCs for them to face, you, if you outnumber the players, you actually get more times to attack them and to deal damage. You have more times to set them ablaze, more times to poison them or put them to sleep or stun them or knock them prone. You have more of an advantage to actually stop your opponent from being able to do things. So whenever you bring more creatures and NPCs and monsters to the table, you actually give yourself a little bit more of an unfair advantage as the dungeon master against the party. So if you have 900 points of you know, dire wolves, 
on the table, which I think that's like a crap ton of wolves, then you're going to have a much better chance at taking out the, the opponent's party, or not your opponent's, but your party, taking about taking out your player's party. Holy cow. You have a little bit more of an advantage around taking them down because you have more opportunities to bite and gnarl your enemy and to use pack tactics and maybe even, you know, down them or cripple a player. Depending on, like, what realism you're trying to play with D&D and what extra rules you throw in there, you've just given yourself a little bit more of an advantage. And for them having to take on all of these waves, you're going to have a little bit better of a time. Similar aspect comes to Magic the Gathering as far as if you have one creature on your battlefield that's like a 5-5 creature, no flying, no trample, none of that, and then your opponent has a bunch of 1-1 flyers, let's just say they have like, I don't know, say they have five of them, they actually have a little bit better of an action economy, they have a bit better of a board presence because if you swing in with your 5-5 that doesn't have evasion or trample, they can just choose to chump block you with one of those 1-1s, not take any damage, and then swing back at you for four. Um, or three, and then chump block you, and then just continue to go down, and ultimately, over those two or three turns, they've dealt more damage than you have, for the simple fact that they can block you, and they have more guys that can swing in and hit you, and just pluck away a little bit at your life. So, taking that into consideration, maybe looking at the Imperial Guard for Warhammer 40k kill team, um, I kind of started thinking, Maybe you have the opportunity to have more of that action economy. You probably have more of an advantage to take on your opponents. So let's just use a simple example. Let's just say that I'm going to run one intercessor with a normal bolt rifle. So it's got rapid fire one. You know, it fires two shots. It's a strength four, AP minus one, damage one weapon. And if you're using those guys, that's cost you around, I think it's 15 points for one intercessor with that loadout. Your intercessor has transhuman uh, physiology. It also has two wounds and, you know, it has all these extra benefits that help them out in the long run. But you can actually bring three different guard, just standard guardsmen with LAS guns to the table to take on that one intercessor. You've just given yourself, instead of them having up to two shots, you've just given yourself the ability to have up to six shots. That's a little bit where the uh, the differences lie with the guard is you have strength three weapons, so it is gonna be a little bit harder for you to wound that space marine. But if you flood the board with that much of an advantage, you're gonna have a little bit better at, you know, you're gonna have a little bit better of a team to have board control, to take objectives, and you're gonna have a little bit better of an advantage at shooting that space marine and possibly hitting them and wounding them and getting them to that injury roll a whole lot sooner. Not to mention the big difference in kill team versus big 40k is that each model, you, you roll the dice for that model. Um, so if you have one guardsman that happens to be in rapid fire range of that space marine, now let's just say he's the luckiest guardsman ever. Not only does he hit both of his shots, and then he also wounds both of the times there, and let's just say the space marine happens to fail either Let's just say both of those, and they then go to their injury roll. Now, I know I'm running an uphill battle for, like, one guardsman going against a space marine, but I have seen this work before. Um, if that space marine then does not get taken out of action, let's just say that you give him a flesh wound. Well, now you have two other guardsmen that you can still draw on to shoot at that space marine. You have two more chances. Actually, technically, you have four more chances to hit 
and to wound and to actually try to take that guy out of action if you were successful with all of your shots. Don't forget, you also have the ability to throw a frag grenade with one of those guardsmen if you're going against that intercessor. And let's also mention that you also have special weapons that you can bring to the table. In the case of one of my favorite special weapons, the sniper rifle, it actually just costs you one extra point to bring them. So you can bring yourself a guardsman gunner for five points with just a standard LAS gun, but then upgrade him to have that sniper rifle to make him a six point model. Well, now you've got a strength four weapon. Yes, it's a heavy one shot, but you've got a strength four weapon that if you happen to wound on a six, you now have dealt a mortal wound with that. So you can bring three different guardsmen and get them approximately just maybe a little bit more of a points value of that space marine by like a couple points, but you're still bringing like three models against one space marine and you have a little bit better of a chance to damage that opponent. The other amazing part of this, especially if you're playing solely with the core rules or if you're playing with the core and the elite rules and not really playing with the commander rules, the voice of command ability is extremely strong with your guard. Um, especially if you're considering bringing company commanders for the command side of things, you have extra rules which you can then issue out a voice of command ability to one guy and then you can also do voice command abilities using some tactics like the sir yes sir rule which allow you to shout it to one dude and then affect two other models that are nearby them. Dang it, unfortunately I don't have the book next to me but I'm trying to remember because it's either you can you can essentially affect up to three models I think or maybe it's you affect one model and then it's guys within three inches, two or three inches of him also gain that order. So if you were to say hey I'm going to issue the take take aim ability so giving them a better chance to actually hit you can issue that order out to your normal dudes with las guns and they have that much of an advantage of actually trying to take down that space marine so hopefully you guys can kind of see where i'm trying to formulate my idea around here as far as how the guard can actually beat a lot of different space marine or more elite guys that's just simply by bringing more bodies and really playing towards that action economy game I think the best way you're going to be able to do that is by trying to outnumber your opponent and put your opponent in a position where if they bring one model, you should be at least outnumbering by like three or by two other models at least, I would say, is your goal. And this is how I've been changing my tactic up a little bit whenever I do play my Astro Military for Kill Team is I actually build fire teams. So let me go ahead and kind of explain how I use fire teams for Kill Team. So where you can really gain an advantage with your Astro Militarum or Imperial Guard lists is by just simply having model advantage. And you don't even have to be running just normal guardsmen with LAS guns either to make the most out of your models. I mean, if you take a guardsman gunner and then you give him the most expensive special weapon there is, um, he goes from a 5 point model to an 8 point model. So like, you get him a plasma gun or a flamer and you've just increased him by 3 points with those specific weapons. The other ones are cheaper than that. Actually, think Melt a Flamer and then Plasma, they're three points. Grenade Launcher is two, Sniper Rifle is one. So, you know, you've got eight point models taking on some of these different Space Marines. Now, it's like a, it's a glass cannon. You gotta keep that in mind. So if you're gonna be using these guys, just know that it might, they might die. They might die in droves. But if you're able to, you know, strike first, maybe you have readied models or maybe you could just have 
you know, the incentives or you have decisive shot, you're going to use that one as much as you can. You might actually do pretty well at facing on some other armies. And the thing is, is with guard is that model advantage, you put yourself at a much higher chance of just doing more damage output overall. Now, the way that I really like to play my games um, is I like to build fire teams. So I don't take all of my guys in one big group. But the other thing, too, is I don't put all of my different guardsmen models um, spread across the board. I mean, you can do that if you want to. And some guys might work really well. I think Scions, they play a little bit more towards where they can run out by themselves and still do some decent work. But I think even with them, it's a good idea to still have some models there that can deal damage, but then have some other models who can support. So by support models, I'm talking about like comm specialists and medics and your leader who can give voice of command. And if you have a commander like the Tempester Prime or platoon commander or company commander who can then also give more voice of the command, you know, orders, you want to use those guys as your support models for kill teams. Some of them, too, still have the tactic where you can go and issue out other orders. I know with my company commander, the inspiring order command, that one, you essentially pay two command points, you issue out an order to one of the guardsmen models, and any models within six inches of them get that same exact command. So if you say, hey, take aim, you pay the two command points to like one of your guys, if there are three or four other guardsmen around him, Everybody in that little group within that six inches gets take aim. So it makes a much more lethal force when you think about it. But you can also look at the, all the other tactics you can get out there. So like Sir Yes Sir is one that I mentioned earlier where you can issue that order and then all, all models from your kill team other than that kill team's leader within three inches of that model are also affected by the same order. You can't use that tactic in the same battle round as cunning strategy tactic which just lets you issue out another order. But... You can just hit so many more models with these different things. So Sir Yes Sir is great. Inspiring Command, that is, or Inspiring Order, that one is a great one too. But um, yeah, when you're looking at them, you have those options to really help support your orders. And then you can look at your comm specialist who can add one to the hit roll. So you put him next to a plasma guy, or where I really like to pair him up is on my scions list. I have a comms voxcaster scion that is running around with a heavy specialist um, volley gun. So my hotshot volley gun normally does four. I can use the more bullets tactic to make him actually shoot five times and then have the comms guy say, hey, add one to your hit rolls. The thing just, it melts. And I took out a... Actually, yeah, I took out a Lord Commissar in one turn using that. So what you want to do is you want to run squads. I would say, you know, three is a decent number. You know, three or four can be a good idea to run a couple different squads. That way you can have your leader. And if you're running a commander's game, then you can issue out orders and use those different tactics that hit a lot more models. And now you've got a whole group that can do some serious firepower. The other nice thing with Guard is you can include so many special weapons, even just in the core book alone. I built a squad of, it was four of my special weapon Scions, four of my special weapon just normal Guardsmen, a Tempester with a Power Fist and a Plasma Pistol, and um, I think I just had a special weapon Gunner 
or no, Special Weapon Guardsman as my leader to issue out orders. Or I had a sergeant. I don't really remember which one it was. But anyway, that got me to 100 points. And I just went to town where I made different squads that can do pretty decent at either, you know, shooting or even just doing melee. And the way that you play them, I mean, technically Kill Team, you can move all of your models just individually. That's the whole focus of it. But you can choose where they end up. And I kind of, I play it similar to how I would with 40k, trying to keep unit coherency. Trying to make my guys all be within two inches of each other so they can help support one another. That way, if they decide, hey, we're going to try and take down this target, I can have two or three guardsmen decide to direct their plasma guns at one space marine. That would be just about equal cost to them. For me, two different guardsmen, gunners, that happen to have the plasma gun, so sitting at like eight points, they have a better chance at being able to fire four different shots, and if you give them take aim, they can then possibly hit and not have to worry about supercharging and then wounding a space marine sergeant. If that sergeant's the leader for my opponent's team, well, I've just used two models to take out their most important piece of the game. I still have like six other models at least sitting on the sideline ready to go take down other models too. So yeah, I mean, when you're looking at your fire teams, that makes it really nice. Try to take a couple heavy hitters and then take a support guy if you can. You know, um, for a while, my last game I played with Alex, I brought my plasma and I ran it as one plasma guy was running next to a hotshot volley gun, which was also running with a comm specialist in one group. Then I had another group, which was my other plasma gun and my hotshot volley gun. And then I had my Tempester surrounded by a few other just normal scions with uh, las gun or hotshot las guns. And he was able to issue out orders across the board to the teams that needed him there. And I had my sniper specialist just out there, so he didn't need any orders for take game. So he was able just to, boom, shoot at my opponent. Now I have to worry about overcharging and dying unless I rolled another one. And then I can have my, my leader actually go through and issue out, you know, take aim for the other plasma guy wherever I needed him to be. So when you're building your fire teams, try to work that route. And it's going to be a bit more of an advantage against your you know, your opponent and keep that philosophy as you're playing the game. Just don't think about, Oh yeah, they brought six Marines versus my 10 guardsmen. That's totally fine. You can think about it that way, but try to make sure you put your opponent in a situation where you are always outnumbering them. You don't want this to be like a horror movie where you have one lone guy trying to take down everybody. So you, you don't want to run just like one plasma sniper all by himself try and take on a few different space marines you know if he's taking on one space marine and he's not getting the first chance to fire that space marine has a very good opportunity to kill him because space marines whether they're heretic astartes or they're loyal to space marines um, or if they're custodes or if they're other elite factions chances are they have a probably have a better ballistic and weapon skill probably have a better save probably even have more wounds than you do and can really just screw you up. And that's the last thing you want, is for your squad to be outnumbered. And it's okay, you might lose a guy here and there, but overall you want to make sure that at the end of the day, you are going to just be doing all kinds of damage against them. If you can, maybe focus on sending some of your fire teams in different ways, or even constructing them to be different fire teams. So, you know, you might decide to say, hey, I'm going to bring three different guardsmen, they all have just standard LAS guns, 
And then I'm going to kind of have them as like a blob to try and just overwhelm my opponent and try to get in positions where they have to take multiple injury rolls. If you can do that and make them flesh wound out, then that's a very good success in my book. Um, but try to put them in a position where they're going to be able to just face like one target at a time or maybe two targets at a time, depending on how many guys you decide to throw into your fire team. If you're playing commanders, it becomes really, really important then to make sure you are running those fire teams because a lone guardsman is not going to be able to do much. But whenever he is in a part of a squad, not just a kill team, but a squad within your kill team, they become much more effective. It's almost like having a battle buddy or somebody that is going to be watching your back when you are out there. Think of it tactically as somebody who can, you know, watch your sick, somebody who can watch you while you're reloading, you know, or while you're ready, readying. Um, you have one guy maybe that's readied up, you have somebody else who moved, now you've got, you know, really good advantage against your opponent. Think of it as almost um, like covering fire, I would say. If you have one one or two, or actually, if you have like two or three different guardsmen in your group, have one guy readied up in the group, have the other two move, that way he can support, be covering fire. So if your opponent's like, oh yeah, now I'm going to move my model, he's now in line of sight at the guy who is readied up. So you're going to have that advantage to pop shots off at them. You have the two other guys who are available. You can use decisive shot if you need to, but you still have that ready model ready to go to make sure you can stop them from being able to fire and kill your other two guys, if that makes sense. If I ever start doing YouTube videos, I will go through and kind of just show an example of this and how I would go and tactically move my guardsmen around. But yeah, that's... Uh, it's kind of what I would advise you guys is when you are playing the game, try to run fire teams. Either run them all as a group. You don't have to do the whole readied and, you know, I'm going to move some guys here, leave one back, and then yada, yada, yada. You can play it that way if you want to, but you don't have to. Or you can just play it as, hey, I'm going to make all three of these guys run around. If I happen to lose one, okay, I've still got two other to take on my opponent. Four shots is going to be better than my opponent's two shots. Four shots is still going to be better than two shots alone for a lone guardsman. Doesn't matter what weapon they have, plasma or las gun, it's better to try and overwhelm your opponent with fire where you can, and I think that's where the guard really, really, really take off. So hopefully this episode helped you guys out. I am so glad I'm actually getting a lot of traction, a lot more listens, I guess, if not views, but listens to the podcast with my Guard Drill Thursdays. If you guys love the content, you want to hear more, or if you want to ask me specific questions or, you know, want me to delve deeper into some of the concepts I've already talked about, feel free to let me know at thejhamspecial at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can hit me up at thejhamspecial on Twitter, which are the official email and Twitter for the podcast. Until the next one, you know, glory to the Emperor, keep marching on, guys, and I will see you on the next Guard Drill Thursday. Bye.